0: Welcome to Casting Nats Podcast, and I'm one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I'm joined here by the always wonderful and filled with dad jokes today, Pastor Dave Rudot.
1: Hello, good morning. You know, I'm an expert at putting leaves in warm water. It's my specialty.
0: (laughs) All right, well, we're starting the show off on a really good note, Um, and so uh, please, as always, um, this Broadcast is brought to you by Good Coffee. Uh, I am drinking Good Coffee today, and my cohort is drinking church coffee. Church yes. coffee is not one of the um, uh, preferred uh, members of the show <laughs> <laughs> and supporters of the show.
1: Well, it, 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 actually, church coffee <laughs> is one of the supporters of the show because it tastes like fellowship, and that's what we're doing right here. This is what they would sponsor, the fellowship <laughs> of believers getting together, surrounded by God's word. And coffee.
0: Always bringing it back to church. I I I tell you. What do you think this is? A religious podcast or something?
1: (laughs) 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 Just wait till we we start talking about Jesus and then you'll be really offended. Yeah. So, that was your
0: trigger warning.
1: (laughs) 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 So, so here we are. We're talking about Esther three and four today. Uh And as we are doing so, we are uh, two pastors uh, sharing our reactions on. The Book of Esther, uh, Pastor Harley has gone through this in a Bible class in a number of ways. I have just gone through it in my personal devotion, so I am sitting at the feet of Pastor Harley here today. But I'm also reacting. Place to be. Yeah, but I'm also reacting, which you know, and we're both reacting. So as we do so, we our thoughts that we are expressed. We hold ourselves to the Lutheran Confessions and to the Bible. Um, the Bible first, then the Lutheran Confessions, if you want to be particular, and. Uh, so anyway, anything that you you say you have a question about, this is meant to be the beginning of a conversation and not the end. So please reach out to us at castingnetspot at com. You can also uh, reach out to us and visit with us in person at St. John's in Maribel. That's where you'll find Pastor Will Harley or at Emmanuel in Shirley, Wisconsin. Shirley, you know where that is. Uh, that's where you'll find me on Sunday mornings. That's
0: also our Northern campus.
1: That's our Northern campus. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we have the two north. places
0: that we, we kind of do shows and we take turns depending on uh, whose idea it was to do the show.
1: Yeah. Or the whim of each other. That's yeah, true. Right. Yep. So um, anyway, but if you do like our podcast, please like subscribe or um, uh, uh, share. If you are watching on YouTube, please ring the little bell so that you get the subscription notices when these videos come up. We do try to keep a system of putting these up online in a a regular way. But uh, the bell really helps you also as well with all of the algorithms. And it also helps others as well. If you are inclined, if your podcast says give a, a rating or a review, please do so. If it has a star on that review, please give us four stars if you like us. But don't give us five stars if you want my head to explode, because that's what's going to happen. I think about four more five stars, and my head just—it's just, just bye bye.
0: It just gets too big. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, and and since we're we're kind of just putting this out there for for pre-show things, um, if you have not. Heard the first episode of Beyond the Sermon. Uh, Beyond the Sermon dropped on Tuesday and um, it dealt with last Sunday's sermon. So that would have been the fifth Sunday of Easter. Uh, We will have another Beyond the Sermon next week uh, dealing again with um, the sixth Sunday. So what we're preaching this Sunday. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next Tuesday. And so if you uh, are interested, have questions about the sermon, you're like, hey, this text was awesome and so much more could have been said, or I have questions about, that's the time that we kind of open ourselves up to say, here was here were our thoughts, here's where we could have gone, uh, here's things we thought we did well, things we thought we probably should have done better. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I have the idea of, of hopefully... Uh, opening up that communication to say, you know, um, there's a lot more that can be said about these texts. So join us for Beyond the Sermon, and uh, let's get on into the show. All right, we are back and we are going to be looking at Esther and we're dealing with Esther chapter three and then Esther chapter four. Um, so if you did not join us for uh, any of the Esther stuff uh, previously, uh, we went through kind of the basic introduction of, of who Esther is, where it's found, why, you know, about the time frame that it was given. Um, and then we we jumped on into chapter one and we did chapter two and and some of the things that we noticed from chapter one and two, and you're going to notice throughout the entirety of the book is that Esther is called to do some, something she's put into a positions to do some things that we would say, th- those aren't good positions. And why would anybody engage in those? And, and like we had said last week, um, sometimes you have no good option. And and so you work your way through to the end uh, doing the very best that you can. Um, and that's sort of Esther. And we're going to see more of that coming up, in, in in what's gonna happen here. Um, but yeah let's jump on into the text. Um what we are the the general Gist of how we do that is we'll read a little bit um, and we'll try to find some natural stopping points where we can come back and talk about the text. Um, if you have questions, please put them in the text. Um, I have uh, Pastor Rudot who is going to be kind of watching those a little bit more while I'm doing some of the technical stuff on the side. Uh, that way, he will be able to to bring up any questions that you may have. Um, we want this to be. Uh, an opportunity for you to ask questions, not just take our thoughts, um, but to, to really engage with the text with us. Uh, So please do so. Uh, So let's jump on into the text. Uh, Chapter three, the book of Esther, please open up your Bibles. If you're at home and in a position, if you're in a car, don't open up your Bible. Bible. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not do that. But if you are at home, uh, open up your Bibles, grab a pen, and let's jump on into the text. Uh, So here we go. Chapter three of the book of Esther. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and he promoted him and placed him over all the officials who served with him. All the servants of the king, who were at the king's gate, were bowing down and kneeling in Haman's presence because the king had commanded that this be done for him. But Mordecai did not bow down and did not kneel. So the servants of the king, who were at the king's gate, said to Mordecai, Why are you going against the king's command? Even though they spoke to him every day, he did not listen to them. They reported this to Haman to see whether Mordecai's actions would be tolerated. Mordecai had informed them that he was a Jew. Let's stop there just um, to get some reaction, highlight of what, what's maybe going on.
1: Sure. Like, Haman enters the scene, and he doesn't have, like, the cool Darth Vader entrance that he had in the New Hope. It's just, Haman, here's the bad guy. And the only thing that would give us any indication that he is a bad guy is the uh, his description of where he is from, Agath- Agagite, which is uh, Amalekite, which is going back to King Saul, which Mordecai is from the, the clan of King Saul, who he was supposed to kill off the Amalekites and he doesn't, which goes yeah. back even further to when the Israelites were, it was, was it coming out of Egypt and the Amalekites were giving them um, grief? So
0: Well, so you have, um, so the Agagite comes from the name uh, King Ag, who was an Amalekite. He was the king of the Amalekites and he was battling um, Saul uh, and is actually, um, I'm trying to remember my history better, Uh, isn't that the battle that Saul kills himself?
1: No, No, that was, that that was was the one where he doesn't, he doesn't do what he was asked. He He doesn't do what he's
0: asked. He didn't destroy them. There you go. Um, but there's a, there's, there's this battle between the Amalekites and the, and this, this lifelong, um, hatred between the Amalekites and, and the Benjamites particularly and the, uh, the people of Israel, um, Horrible thing is, is aren't the Amalekites related to Lot, and so they're 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 family. I mean, you you really are coming down, and you're you are looking at uh, family, and you're saying, okay, we have a bunch of family going on. We have a bunch of family things happening, um, and you have all of these nations that are related to each other when you go back back down, and and so you have Haman, who's Nagaite. So that tells you that uh, the Persian Empire has conquered all of the known peoples in, in the entirety of the Holy Land. Um, you're having uh these now some of these lifelong grudges are bleeding into the in, into the plot. So, um interesting. I don't know if we want to continue uh, on with the, the the lineage other than to say this lifelong rivalry is going to really have lasting effects into the, the into the story of Esther. Yeah. Yeah. Um now, I think the other thing that we probably should tackle is is kind of a twofold thing. And the first is, why didn't Mordecai bow? Um, I don't know if you have any. I think sometimes we jump the gun and we say instantly, because it was a worship thing. I, I don't think this is the case. I, I don't think that this was a worship thing. Um, I really do think that this is a grudge between these two men. And, and this is one of those cases where in Esther where... Remember, in Esther, we don't we don't hear the word of the Lord. We don't we don't hear His name. Yeah. We don't hear prayers. We don't we don't hear um, thanksgiving given to to God. Um, we see humanity in its probably worst states, um, and yet we see God working behind the scenes as we were putting this together.
1: And that is a really comforting thought, isn't it? Where God isn't waiting for these people to get everything together before He acts. Um, and again, it's that whole it could be worship, but it could. If it was, why didn't? Why isn't it more particular? Why right. isn't it more like? Why isn't it uh, more in the vein of Daniel or more of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where it was there was something mentioned of worship? And I think the the fact that the Holy Spirit leaves it vague, it leaves us to think about this. And really, I think, I think what what you're saying, how God is still working through the sins of people, not just the sins of believers, not just those, but the sins of unbelievers as well. So this is a, 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 a big picture. God is is because of his covenant, because he is a God who made this promise to this people, he's going to act on their behalf, not because they're such good people or that the Jewish people are better than the, than the, the unbelievers or that they're more um, moral than the unbelievers around them.
0: Right, and, and in fact, I would even go and, and take take a step further and say it's not just the sin or the uh, what we're going to see as the sin of Haman. It's 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 the sin on Mordecai's part too. Um, you know, the king the king said, "Give respect, give yeah. respect to the my officials, the people that I placed uh, over you," and. And you, you kind of see that in the resu- in, in the response of the servants. The servants are like, "Why aren't you giving him respect? Yeah, like, it's what? not
1: like about worship." Yeah, yeah. they're kind of they're asking him every day. Yeah. Right? yeah,
0: yeah. This isn't a worship thing. Yeah. We're, we're not asking you to bow down to to a guy. We're we're just saying that the king said, "Hey, he's he's an advisor. He's he deserves respect." Um, and this this plays out a lot in and I think making some connections to our modern day life. Right. Um, we try to use we we try to. We try to make it a very spiritual thing or religious thing when we don't like what the government's doing. Um, when we don't like that the, the government chose or or the people elected a certain official as opposed to another official or or the elected official puts in a law that we don't like. And we try to make this a very religious thing. It's not a religious thing unless they explicitly come out and say you cannot worship the Lord Jesus. You cannot confess him. You can't. They come out and they say you are banned from it's not a a religious thing. It it is it is an honor thing. It is something that we're called to, Romans thirteen, you know, that we're we're called to honor the governments that are placed ahead of us.
1: And bowing down to other individuals is something that was done throughout the old testament. Abraham was um, somebody who bowed down to people who were not you know were,
0: Coronation. Yeah. The coronation of the king just yeah. this last week. Right. Right? They bowed down and they they gave fealty and they said you know we are we are acknowledging your place as God has given you a, a ahead of us. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so uh, the, yeah. It's not I, always I, religious.
1: I I do but, like the nuanced approach to this that it isn't necessarily making Mordecai the true hero, nor is it making it. Uh, um Nor is it. Uh, I guess maybe that would just be it. Not making him the true hero. That everything about him is perfect. Well, for whatever reason it is. Uh, the fact that the servants are persistent, the, the Holy Spirit had opportunity to whoever was writing this to clarify whether it was uh, uh, worship or not. And it clearly leaves it vague, which gives us more credence to the fact that it wasn't a worship thing, that it was right. just a, a personal thing, that it was some sort of vendetta that he wasn't going to give respect. Obviously we don't know the, the ins and outs of the politics of the time or the politics between Haman and Mordecai. We just know that this event of him not bowing down causes Haman to do more, to up the game. So right. if we learn anything from that is, for, for us as Christians, if we act the way that the world acts... Escalation. Uh,
0: escalation. <laughs> well, and, and really, if you there's talk some about it... Behi- yeah, there's some yeah.
1: wisdom behind turning the other cheek and uh, loving your enemies rather than right um, um doing exactly what your enemy would do to you yeah and
0: and there's some 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 i said, like you had saying good advice to say you know, um not pushing things just because you can might be a good a good advice um and if you're gonna talk about a hero uh and 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 here's where where we would say scripture shines so beautifully um <clears throat> scripture is like the first one to push forward a woman as a heroine. If you think about it, um, because the whole entire book of Esther preserved, uh, for us in the scriptures by the Holy spirit and his divine word shared with us says the real hero of the story is the one who has been forced to maybe make some of the most, the poorest of choices and live in some of the, maybe yeah. the worst of encounters and still well, does what is right.
1: Besides Ruth and, and, and that, and, uh.
0: I understand, but it's the it's yeah. the scriptures who places these right. women forward yeah. as the heroines sure. of the tale. When sure. when you're in a, and everyone says, well, Christianity is so patriarchal, and so, wait a second, right? Here are these women who are are placed forward by God, who are truly good characters. Right. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> I, I still remember when we go through the Book of Exodus. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going off on. You can bring the book of Exodus where God mentions the two midwives, gives them names. We're going to remember these ladies' names. The Pharaoh? Eh, we're not going to remember ah, who him. Who cares?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's out most, of the story uh, later.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's the most powerful <laughs> man in the world. Uh, we we'll not even Until he drowns. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. All right. Yeah. Well, All let's right. continue on with, with uh, chapter 3. So we're going to continue with, with verse 5 here. Uh, so verse 5 When Haman saw that Mordecai was not bowing down and kneeling in his presence, Haman was enraged because the king's servants had made Haman aware of Mordecai's nationality. Haman was not satisfied with laying hands only on Mordecai. Haman sought to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. Um, Then seven, during the twelfth year of King Xerxes, Rain during the first month, the month of Nisan, a poor, which means a lot, was cast before Haman for every day and every month of the year until Adar, the 12th month, was chosen. So we're going to stop there. Um, <laughs> I, I want to, so I, I just want to, I don't want to back up and I want to, uh, and then we'll plow forward. Haman hates the Jews before Mordecai is is recognized as being one. So it, it almost gives you the impression, the scriptures almost give you the impression that what is going to become an edict later on in, in this chapter, um was going was was somehow going to be planned already. Haman was already going to try to do these things uh to the Jews. You can almost make that assumption. Now I don't I, I, I'm I'm not saying it in the way that that we are this is hard and fast, but you're almost getting this idea. He had a hatred for the Jews before Mordecai shows up and then Mordecai shows up and his hatred now is enraged. Like he, he is now going, that's the next step Um, because now he has a person that will, will see his anger. Uh, He can focus his anger on this person. I don't know what else. Um, Um,
1: It is. Um, like we we talked about the escalation already, and I do like I, I do like what you're saying. Like there was something there before, whatever it was, and um, what whatever caused it, we we're not sure, but we just know that it was like the straw that, that broke the camel's back. I think a lot of times when we think of uh, can I I guess we, we we defended ourselves. We we had the caveat of saying we loved all the the heroines of the Old Testament, but I'm just gonna say that sometimes with guys, this is a general observation. Guys can tolerate a lot of things. But then, when something happens, and then finally, boom! Then we don't tolerate anything. Then we react very, very negatively. So, whatever it was that Haman uh, was dealing with, now the straw has been broken. If if you're a guy and you're listening, you're going, and I'm, and you're resonating with what I'm saying, that we're so we're patient, we'll take a lot of things. But then, when we finally we're going to act, then it's going to be swift, and it's going to be um, maybe a little bit too too yeah. over response. The response will be too much. Then
0: what yeah. should be resp- more than what you should have done yeah. so 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 you know like if
1: i'm if, thinking of like going to war or something like okay we're going to decide to go to war yeah. you know boom, I was thinking
0: of Moses yeah and the lord said speak to the rock and and don't strike it the first time strike the rock and water will come second time speak to the rock and he got so aggravated with the people of israel that he hauled <laughs> him yeah. and and i'm thinking yeah sometimes we're that way right yeah or making
1: it or <laughs> grinding up the uh the uh the Uh, the, the gold idol (laughs) gold idol (laughs) you guys are gonna drink it (laughs) i mean
0: that's impressive Uh, that's just Just, impressive uh, (laughs) i mean if you're gonna get revenge if you're gonna if you're gonna say hey i'm gonna punish you and you're gonna get disciplined that's the discipline you want to look for (laughs) but no i mean this is this is the so so we're seeing this he's got a focal point and he's got a he's got something now that he can he can zero in on and it enrages him even more it doesn't mean that that hatred and that thing wasn't there and this is this is maybe something for us in our in in our own nation for us to 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 consider when we we are steeped right now in in race and cultural hatred and all these different things those things, first of all, wouldn't exist if sin wasn't yeah. driving it. But but those things also wouldn't exist if people were not already predispose, uh, predisposed to be looking for those triggers. Um, most people, I'm not saying that we aren't sinners. We are. But most people are not predisposed to those triggers. I mean, I I, I most of the people that we interact with throughout the day are are not predisposed to to that vehemence. Um, but once the ball starts rolling, mm-hmm. you know the reality is the majority of people are followers. and so they'll jump on the bandwagon one way or the other. Um, but, but I mean, it, you don't, Haman seems to be the only one who's got this immense hatred for the, for the Jewish people um, in this particular section.
1: Oh, I like that point of, of how everyone just followed him.
0: Yeah. If they just follow him along because, not because they actually hate him. In fact, we're going to find out later on that most people are like, I, I don't know why this <laughs> Yeah, they're is, bewildered what's going yeah, on. at the end
1: of it. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. That's getting to the yeah. end of the chapter. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else do I like? I do like the fact that he is uh, supposedly a little bit spiritual, you know, or he's going to. Uh, leave it up to chance. Like, I'm right. going to leave it up to chance. And I could just see God going, <laughs> you, you want to leave it up to chance? Kind of like the Jedi, you know, waving the waving the dice.
0: <laughs> this is not the month you're looking for. <laughs> this one's not the month you're looking for. <laughs> not
1: this day, not that day. Where, <laughs> so it, even in the midst of all of his, ang- his anger and his hatred and his racism, God is going to use uh, and, and he's in control. That he's going to give the Jewish people time to react.
0: And yeah. um, it's interesting that you and, use the word racism, though, because they're the same well, color. Racism is a construct. <laughs> if you guys right. want, we right. talked about
1: that in our critical race theory. Where, yeah, we're all. If you're going to go with it, it racism technically we're we're all the, the same race, the human race. But it's just a construct of how we, like you say, with our sinful nature, make divisions between people. And how we are inclined to make it always us against them, and and how, however we want to define what the, the them is, is always someone different from us, right? So. And, and
0: that's where you have it. Um, the other thing that the only other thing that I would I would uh, um, just throw out there, two things maybe. First is you're going to get a lot of different months, uh, like we have the month of the Nissan, and you're going to have the month of Adar, and um, um the just. If you can wrangle up yourself uh, a Jewish calendar, <laughs> that would be a really good thing. Otherwise, uh, just remember that that the Jewish calendar, when you do look at a Jewish calendar, you're going to be like, wait a second, these months don't necessarily match up with our months. And mm-hmm. um, that's because they're on a lunar calendar and we're on a solar calendar. And so their months kind of spread between multiple months of ours. Um, but if you were going to think about it, and, and my last time that I kind of looked at it, Nissan is is kind of that January, February-ish type. You're at the beginning of the year. Aider uh, is your November, December kind of time. It, it could fall anywhere within there in, in that in that group. Um, So you're still dealing with a 12 months. You're still dealing with a year. Just There's a little bit of, of fudging on our months lining up. Yeah,
1: which is the reason why our Easter is always different every year because that's based off of a lunar calendar rather than a, the right. solar calendar. And if you're looking at these Jewish calendars and you find there is... No month of May, don't be dismayed.
0: <laughs> I'm not even going to grace it with the sound effect. I'm just not. I'm re- <laughs> just not. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm
1: totally throwing off That's my uh, my, we, my goal we, is to completely throw you off your game today. I guess
0: the that that we have the introduction in verse seven two of what's going to become the the holiday. So yeah. um yeah the the this entire book um is really a it's, it's a defense for the Jewish holiday of Purim. Um, and so you have um, uh, Purim just meaning the casting of lots. Um, and so it's like the, and we had said this, I think, in the first one, right, where it's uh, it's like the Jewish Mardi Gras. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it is. But you, you get this from the name Pur, um, Purim, plural, uh, the casting of lots. Um, so that's all coming in from that section. All right, moving on in verse 3. um, I don't have, see any questions that have been coming up. So we either are doing a great job or we haven't reached any part that's content, uh, uh, causing questions or contentious.
1: Yeah, the one comment I have on my chat is that...
0: Uh, I have grown. <laughs>
1: uh, is that uh, even if the Jews fled in the 11th month that they had before Haman acted, they wouldn't have got, been able to get far enough away.
0: Um, that's true, but we're also going to find out that there was nowhere for them to flee. So yeah. let's let's get into that because we're going to we're going to we're going to be talking about some of these things here in in just a second. Uh starting at verse 8, Haman said to King Xerxes, there is a group of people scattered and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of all the other people. They do not keep the laws of the king. It is not good for the king to allow them to get away with this. If the king agrees a directive should be written to destroy them. I will weigh out 10,000 talents of silver to the treasury of the king for those who carry out this work. And the king took his signet ring from his hand. He gave it to Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the man opposing the Jews. The king said to Haman, the silver will be given to you all as well as the people Do with them whatever seems good to you. So in the first month, on the 13th day, the king's scribes were summoned. A decree based on everything Haman commanded was written to the king's satraps, to the governors over each province, to the officials of every people. The decree was sent to each province in its own writing system and to each people in its own language. It was written in the name of King Xerxes sealed with the king's signet ring. And then the letters were sent by Carrier to all the provinces of the king to destroy, kill, annihilate all the Jews, young and old, including children and women, and to plunder their goods in one day, the 13th day of Adder, the 12th month. And a copy of the decree was to be proclaimed as a law to all the peoples in every province so that they could be ready for that day. All right. So we're going to stop there um, so we can play some some catch up. Um, what do we have? We have a, a letter going out that's saying. So first of all, let's maybe backtrack and say uh, there's some half truth and some lies yeah, exactly. that Haman that puts in here. That um, the, the half truth is uh, they're not following the king's laws. I, I think that's a half truth. Um, the the truth is they have their own laws. That that is true. They had the Ten Commandments. They had the Decalogue. Um, they had the, their their eating practices and their worship practices that that were given to them. Um, so you do have um, some truth here in this. Um, but you see that he doesn't mention that they're the Jews. Um, so there's no mention of this people is this um so he kind of is pulling one over on Xerxes Xerxes is is an emotional kind of a knee jerk reaction kind of guy he hears okay some people are completely opposite of what i am and how i'm ruling yeah do with fix that fix that problem
1: yeah uh, of the of the two like not in the king's best interest and they don't obey your laws those would be the two for a king to say well no I mean you got to you got to react if people aren't um, doing things in my best interest if they're not following my laws. But, of course, it was all half-truth. It was basically one person a, 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 in one instance was not following that law, uh, and it was an over overstatement of uh, it's not in the best king's best interest to tolerate them because I'm sure there are a lot of good things that they were doing that were not mentioned that Haman conveniently forgets, which often happens a right. lot, doesn't it, well, even in modern-day politics. The politicians will conveniently forget the good things that their opponent does. Yeah, he's
0: painting a narrative.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> he he. And and this also tells us that you know there's some time has elapsed um, from from when Mordecai had uh, helped out the king and Esther has been queen now for some time. Um, we have some uh, lapsing of time in this entire in the entirety. Um, one of the things that and this was the comment that you had brought up that I wanted to come back and revisit. Uh, the fact that, um, well, they, they couldn't get away fast enough. This wasn't a localized event. Um, this was sent out to... So so the way that the, the Persian Empire was, it was 127 um, provinces. So you have all these different promises, provinces, and it was sent to every single one of them. So this, and if you kind of go back into history and you're looking okay this is persia this is the medes and the persians we had the the before this the 70 years of captivity um then daniel um um he mentions how the persians have now paid for the people of israel to come back and rebuild that's ezra and nehemiah um where you have uh um the the people of israel being funded by the persians to rebuild the temple they're part of that so 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 when these things go out, when this message is going out and they're saying, okay, on the on thirteenth day of the twelfth month, this is what we're going to do, this would have affected Jerusalem. They would have come in and they would have killed the people yeah. in Jerusalem and had had free reign to do that, which does connect you a little bit to to some of the uproar that you hear when the rebuilding of the temple and, and the things of that nature, and how how then the people of Israel are given the okay to assemble um, later on and we're going to talk about about how that all plays out um, but you see there's a there's a reason behind this there it, this is all flowing together I mean if this was just something localized okay it was just in the capital city maybe you would be like oh it's not a big deal but this was this was nationwide this was a nationwide um genocide that he's calling for which really that's what it is this is a uh, right if you're Jew you're dead. And, and that's it. There's also something else interesting um, that I, at least I find interesting. Um, Haman decides to fund it. <laughs> that tells you a little bit about Haman, that he's he's wealthy, of course. Um, but, but it also tells you a little bit about Xerxes. He is not beneath a bribe. <laughs> oh. Yeah.
1: And uh, the Greek historian Herodotus talked about if you're wondering about the amount, like this large amount, he said that the sub-rulers of the Persian Empire were raising this kind of funds, these kinds of funds, this amount and the talents and whatnot when they were doing the Greek war. So this was not without plausibility that this huge sum would be possible for the Persians. If the Persians control everything, if they have such a large empire, uh, this um, sort of thing was n- not out of the realm of possibility that one of the leaders, because uh, Heyman was one of the, one of the, uh, he was honored, right? He was promoted and placed over all the other officials. So he had quite a bit of influence.
0: Yeah. Um So if you, if you wanted to know what a talent is and, and um, if you have one of those Bibles that gives you some of the footnoting, or if you have a, a study Bible, sometimes they'll give you a really good idea. And this is where a study Bible comes in well, because They're using terms we don't understand. So a talent is is about a half of an annual income of the empire. Um, So so you're thinking, what's the gross income of the empire? Take about a half of that, and that's you're looking at a talent. So when he says that we are, he's putting together, you know, ten thousand talents. That's a couple of years worth of...
1: No, 10,000 talents is a half a year. Yeah, ha-
0: sorry, 10,000 talents is the half a year of the gross of the empire. Yeah. That's a couple of years still worth of saving. I mean, that this, this is not stuff that he's just pulling together on a whim. I mean, he's... Which leads me to believe, again, coming back down to it, that this was a plan that he was thinking of enacting. His hatred for the Jews was there before Mordecai pushed this This type of... Uh, um he's a bad man Will. he is oh, he's bad he is and and so so instantly is he able to think of a plot um, yeah
1: right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, uh, yeah. he's trying to he's using all of it let's just say he's using all the tools at his disposals to get this done yep. so he's not willing i mean if you're asking somebody to to be to commit to something and then say oh by the way can you commit money to it then that really tells you their great commitment to that cause. So the fact that he is uh, not only getting this decree out there, but also enabling the possibility for this decree to be carried out. So he's going to give the funds to fund it. Perhaps this is the funds to fund those who are going to kill all the Israelites. Because people are going to be like, well, who's going to have time to kill all these Jews? Well, here, if you get a you know a talent or two to kill all the Jews in your area, oh, okay, I can be that kind of a mercenary, that kind of thing.
0: Sure. Sure. So we have uh, we have how the plot now is starting to thicken. We have the the uh, here's the problem. This is the this is the 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 malady that is going to be happening and going on. Uh, Continuing on, then chapter three, uh, almost done with chapter three. And then we'll just bleed right into chapter four. Um, So the couriers went out, spurred on by the word of the king. The law was issued in Susa, the citadel, and the king and Haman sat down to drink. The city of Susa was perplexed and confused. Uh, just just kind of pausing there. Um, I, I want to mention two things. One, the couriers. Um, the Persian Empire was the, the one in, uh, that created the mail system. And it's kind of the same idea of the mail system that we we currently have now, um, following a lot of that same thought um, as as what we have. Uh, so so the idea of having a mail system going out, they're spurred on by the king. Uh, we also have um, this wonderful idea of um, how messed up the king is and Haman. That they they send this out to kill a bunch of people, and they sit down to have a drink. <laughs> they're like, all right, um, the work is done. We can we can have a drink and, and we kind of can do this. Um, apologize also for the background as the phone rings. That's that's part of the work. Um,
1: that's part of the experience.
0: Part of the experience of having this a live is show what you, yeah. <laughs> in what an, an you office. Get. Yeah. All I, right. I
1: do like the fact that the people are perplexed and dismayed, which and confused, which leads us to believe that this kind of thing was not done. So that if people are confused. Like, why are you doing this? And and obviously they're they're not willing to rise up against their king. They're not willing to do anything about it. They're not willing to say, "Hey, we'll we'll put up the funds to defend these people." They're just willing to, um, yeah. They're just like, "What's going on?" And the inactivity, the apathy of that is kind of a telling of the people of Persia. Also, perhaps it is all under the guise of uh, he's our he's the leader, and we have to. It he leads with fear.
0: Yeah, and it also could that. The, the perplexed nature could also be, you know, at this point, the Jews have been a part of their communities for a, a, a long time. And they're like, they're not harming anybody. Um, I mean, yes, the Jewish communities throughout history have always been uh, following a different set of rules and maybe don't always include themselves in the lifestyles of of the same people or of the people that they're among. But they've never necessarily done anything to harm the people. And I think there's something there that, I mean, during the Middle Ages with the, the bubonic plague, um, you know, people were against the Jewish community because they were clean, but they didn't understand that, that their cleanliness laws protected them from the bubonic plague. Um, during later on in the, in the middle ages, um, they were heavily against the the Jewish people because they were uh, in banking and they had many investments. And so they thought that they were, um, you know, stealing, but they weren't doing things bad against the people. Um, we have the same thing happening in Nazi Germany, right? Um, when, when they look at it and they say, okay, we have people who are of a different faith and they're going against because they don't allow us to do what we want to do, or there was a hatred that they're not like me. Um, and so they went against it. So Haman has this hatred. Xerxes doesn't care about bloodshed. You've got two, two wicked people. Um, Haman, probably more so because this is his plot. Xerxes, just Xerxes is, is he's one of those characters where you're like, I don't understand how he's king <laughs> because he he kind of lets everybody else rule for him, and he just he he you know he when he gets angry he overreacts, um, but otherwise it's like my advisors they'll handle it, and so he mm. gives Haman the okay to do pretty much whatever he wants, um, just do it, make it go away, yeah. M- make it work. It
1: is such an evil scenario. That was the comment that was meant. Just the, that that evil thought of everyone living their life knowing that on a certain day all their all their lives would be wiped out and all their possessions would be taken. And it would seem so weird for them not to respond in some way, and their response is in chapter 4. So whenever you're ready to go to chapter 4, we can talk about the response of the Jews to this decree. Well,
0: fine. I guess I will. I will go to chapter 4. So chapter 4 says, When Mordecai became aware of everything that had happened, he ripped his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the middle of the city and let out a loud, bitter cry. He went right up to the king's gate, even though no one clothed with sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every single province that was reached by the proclamation of the king, and where his decree was posted, there was great mourning, fasting, weeping, and lamenting among the Jews. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's female attendants and her eunuchs came and told her what had happened. The queen agonized over it. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he could take off his sackcloth, but he did not accept them, and Esther summoned Hathach, who had been assigned from among the king's eunuchs to attend her. She then ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what was happening and why. All right, so... um. This brings up a couple of things that that are moving along. First of all, the question of why didn't they rise up anyway? Why didn't they do anything? Um, There is something that um, is intrinsic in ancient cultures that we don't understand in our modern culture. And that is um, government was almost bordered on like a religious entity, like a divine entity, that there were that 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 people who were in power and this this was didn't matter if you're Jewish, didn't matter what culture, but if they were in power, the gods put them there. And 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 to rise up against their will was almost like a direct affront to to the deity. Um and so we don't we don't understand that. Um I mean I would make a case that we believe that our politics is a religion, <laughs> but, but we wouldn't go so far as to say that our politicians are gods or, or the mouthpiece of gods. Um, but that's not how the ancient world viewed them. And and so when you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, these are, these are um, um, these Jewish people, why didn't they rise up? Why didn't they do, why didn't they, they take up arms? There was a respect there
1: yeah and theirs was founded by something called a commandment you know right. where, where we're supposed to honor those whom god has placed in authority so there right. it wasn't that they viewed the government as a god but they viewed that they were god's instrument god's mask in their midst and so what was their response the only thing they could respond is and i think i think it's very impo- very neat that you brought that up because you'd say why would they be in sackcloth and ashes if if this is a government thing well they're if they're they're communicating in, in a way that the people would understand that they're in mourning, they're they're in repentant, whatever it was that they had offended the right. government, which is the extension of the God. They're they're sorry, whatever exactly. it was. So this was not necessarily just a sadness of we're going to lose our lives, but this is a mark of repentance, whatever it was. However, yeah. we have offended thee. <laughs> you know, yeah. to use our our, our um our confession. We're, we we're, we're sorry. So that even though the Israelites or the, Ju- the Jewish people knew, Hey, uh, Dirksy wasn't God, but he was God's instrument. He was God's mass. So they're expressing this repentance.
0: Right. And, and, you know, you can see, uh, you, you see a little bit of this, the, uh, how this works, um, within the other cultures when you go to Jonah. And if you read the, the prophet Jonah and you, you kind of deal with the prophet Jonah, um, when he, proclaims to Nineveh what the penalty is going to be, The, the they completely sackcloth. We're mourning. We're going to show contrition. Um, this was that idea. This is kind of that same mm-hmm. response that I have angered the one who is in control. I have angered the one who has every right to do this because this is his stuff. Um, and so I'm going to say, I'm sorry. So that, that maybe this will go over. We don't think that way in the United States because we don't think we think everything is ours. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we the rugged think, individualism, yeah. yeah, that rugged individualism, or you know, even when we have to pay taxes, what are they going to do with my money? Um, I, your name's not on it. <laughs> the, the the dollar, if you still have a dollar bill, and you don't just use fake money out floating in the cloud. Um, but if you look at a dollar bill or a coin or anything, it says, you know, the United States government. It's theirs, and and so we we are that rugged individualism says, I am. I'm the owner of everything that I can see. I, it's mine. I can do with it as I want, and I can have control over it. That is not the way that they thought in the ancient world. Um, in fact, that is that is not the way anybody thought until recently, 20th mm. century type modern thought, um, or we'd call it postmodern thought. So I, you, you I, have this thing come in play.
1: Yeah, and then Esther's reaction, which is... Um it's kind of heartbreaking how isolated she is that she has no idea what's going on with her, her uncle. Um, she, see, she hears a report that he's sackcloth and ashes or so it's her first response is to provide from what she has it says here. I have clothes, get some clothes here. Here you go. She has no idea Yeah. what's going on.
0: Yeah. And that, that is a really sad state of affairs that, that, um, dec- well, it, it, Two two points. One, I agree with you wholeheartedly that that she is so isolated that she hasn't had a conversation with Mordecai. There's she can't go out and just see him, so there's that. But I think the other thing that is just unique in in that is that the proclamation that went everywhere didn't come to the king and didn't come to his court, and we're gonna see that later on that that the king. From what it looks like, didn't know the who the people were that he allowed Haman to send this edict out to. Then Haman's like, all right, I got it, and he goes and he sends this out, and the king has no idea. The king's like, yeah, I, I remember saying he could, but he never. There was never any record, at least in, given to him, of who that that race of people were were going to be. And I think he sees some of that because I mean, if that would have come to the court, Esther would have known. Right. Well,
1: that's our assumption.
0: That's the assumption. The assumption, if it would have came to the court and they had a letter that said, hey, the Jews are going to die, she would have probably been a little concerned. <laughs> um, but we don't have any of that.
1: Yeah. So either so, she's really isolated from the, the day-to-day operations of the kingdom that could or, be or that the, the, the proclamation wasn't given to her. Sure. Um, Sure. Or it wasn't given to the court, and and she there therefore not given to her.
0: So so the only reason, and this is going to come up. I, I'm going to wait. I'll, I'll, I'm going to follow up on your comment about how um, how involved she may have been um, mm-hmm. in a second. Let's go back to to the reading. So um, they ordered Mordecai to uh, uh, to see what was happening. We're going to start at, at verse six here. Hathach went to, out to Mordecai in the public square in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him everything that had happened and the exact amount of silver that Haman had said he would put into the treasuries of the king to destroy the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the written decree, which had been issued in Susa to destroy the Jews, so that he could show it to Esther. Hathok was to place the responsibility upon her to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. So hathok went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Esther spoke to hathok and gave him directions to pass on to Mordecai. All the king's servants and the peoples of the king's province know that it is the law that any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned will be put to death unless the king holds out the golden scepter to him. Then he will live, but I have not been called to go to the king for 30 days. They told Mordecai what Esther had said. Mordecai responded, "Take this message to Esther. Do not imagine that all of the Jews uh, out of all do not imagine that of all the Jews, you alone will escape because you are part of the king's household if at this time you keep totally silent relief and deliverance for the Jews will spring up from somewhere but you and the house of your father will perish who knows whether you have become queen for a time like this all right so this is where i want to i want to pause because there's a bunch of stuff going on but but here's where my pushback comes that she that she's maybe more involved in the court than what we give her credit it's sure. just that maybe in the last 30 days she has been isolated. She so. seems to be involved in the court, but she's been out of the loop for a month. <laughs> so, so there's, there's, there's some of this going on where, where, um, that tells us about their relationship, of course, that, that Xerxes and, and Esther, this is not a loving relationship where they're, they're, you know, confiding in each other and they're seeing each other and they're living and eating with each other. This seems to be more like uh, Xerxes has a desire that, you know, he, he needs to play out. And so he'll call his wife to do that. Um, that kind of, that kind of a thing. Um, but there's more, there, there's so much more that's going on and, and, Uh, Esther explains to Mordecai very simply, I can't just walk up to the king that's just not a thing you can do Um, and Mordecai's response is probably the closest you're going to get to um, Jesus in the text being confessed, so walk us through some of that maybe
1: oh, when he says uh, if at this time you keep totally silent Relief and deliverance for the Jews will spring up from somewhere. Yeah, that's the reference of
0: a, you know a desire for a Messiah. Absolutely, Some and so that's the closest it. you're going to get to Jesus in this text. Yeah, <laughs> um, <clears throat> having it being confessed. Um, but then you also have God in here with uh, the God's will and uh, His plan.
1: Yeah, I do like I do like the uncertainty of perhaps you become queen for a time like this. I think. I think today we are very much we are very brazen in what why we're here for what reason we are here. We're like we we must know or we must be able to ascertain why does God have us in the time here at this time for this particular thing. And uh, we, perhaps looking back, you can see that, you can say, oh, I, now I see why God put me there. but at the time or, or looking toward the future, those are things where it's uncertain. And, but what is certain is that God is with us and that God has given us the gifts that we have been given and the opportunities to use them. And so for such a time as this, let's use them uh, to the yeah. best of our ability, even when it does seem like choosing between two bad things.
0: Right. And this a is a popular guy. I am a phone popular phone guy. A I don't know. Choice. Someone's trying to get a hold of me for something. Um, they're trying to probably sell me something. Um, Your warranty has expired. My warranty has expired, or they're trying to sell me on a plan to annihilate someone. Um, <laughs> you know, offer me some money, put it in the coffers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll give you ten thousand uh, dollars
0: but no this is this is one of those instances where you have um just in in this respect you you have a faith that is being shown. you have the love of Mordecai. Um, in in his continual guidance of Esther, um, and and he Mordecai is as bad as he is, and I know how how he's we have some pushback between him and him, and he's looking at Esther and saying, Esther, you you have to be strong in this, and only you can do this. Um, and so you know this is the good tale of every father figure and encouraging their daughters and saying, you know, you have gifts that you are able to do, and you're able to live for, and you're able to engage with. Um, and so. Um, this is a good thing on the other side. He, he recognizes Mordecai is grasping at straws and he's like, I have nowhere else to go myself. I have nowhere else to, to, to bring this, but to you, because you are in a position here where, where I can approach you and talk with this. Um, and so you have, you have these two sides that are kind of being played off of each other, um, which really is real life. Everything is everything is in this almost like a shade of gray when you deal with real life, isn't it? Um we know what the Lord would say, we know what the Lord would give to us, we, but we also know that sin is in in the world and we would love everything to be black and white. We, we really would. Um but it's not black and white because Esther can go one direction and say I'm I'm not going to do this and would Mordecai's threat truly play out? I don't know. It may or may not. Um, you don't know because no one knows that Esther is a Jew. Even Haman doesn't know that Esther is a Jew. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not they're they're not wearing a, a marking or their color isn't different. I mean, this mm-hmm. they don't know. So she could probably say, "I'm not going to tell anybody. It's your word against me. You're some hobo out there at the gate, <laughs> right?" <laughs> so, so I mean, there's this. She could probably get away with it. Um, but Mordecai, you know, he's, he's grasping at straws. And so you can sort of see some of this, this is a shade of gray area and, and, um, the Lord is still using these things for the betterment of his people.
1: I do like the fact that these people were willing to mourn more than one day. I mean, so many times we are so in America, we are so... Like if we're up for a cause, what does it mean? Well, if I liked it, that means that's I'm right behind you. I'm right behind you. I liked something that you posted, or I uh, I'm outraged for a week or one news cycle about something or else, and then when the news moved on, then I move on, and so six how... weeks,
0: isn't it? Is the national memory?
1: Yeah, probably because yeah. we don't remember anything. I think it just seems like it's getting shorter and shorter. Just as off just as um as our news cycles are always setting our hair on fire they're always something new something new and then oh everything's gonna fall apart now and then it doesn't fall apart and then oh this other big thing and sorry I'm getting off track but the, it's the same yeah going g- getting back to the point where these people were gonna do this for a while yeah. they were they were they realized that this was really gonna this was life or death and right. uh, they were going they were willing to do. The the repentance, the mourning, the sackcloth, the ashes, ripping their clothes, looking like looking terrible in front of everybody else, um, wailing out loud. That's just not something that we're used to. We're not used no. to people doing that, and it's just
0: and they didn't turn to arms right away. Yeah, right. yeah, and and I mean, even as it got closer and closer to the time, they're not turning to to um, arms and fighting. They're they're still trying to follow the the right course.
1: Yeah, and. And Mordecai is to be commended. He's looking for that deliverance. Absolutely. I'm not
0: saying he's not to be commended. I'm saying that. that you.
1: I'm not saying you were. I'm just. Yeah.
0: Well, I did mention and I and 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 I did mention that there you can see the sinful nature in Mordecai because he kind of threatens Esther and says, you're You're going to be in (laughs) this, too. And if I was Esther, I'm like, actually, no, they don't know who I am. Yeah. (laughs) perhaps perhaps <laughs> yeah There's
1: a, if you want to make the case that he is a floundering faith he's like perhaps god could save us but really it's up to you esther
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so, exactly
1: but yeah anyway i guess it's a reference to jesus so i guess i, I brought it up again
0: because no that's like good about jesus we so do like keep, talking about jesus let's keep going then. yeah we're almost to the end here so um In verse 15, Esther responds to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are found in Susa. Fast on my behalf. Do not eat and drink for three days and nights, and I and my young women also will fast in the same way. After that, I will go to the king contrary to the law, and then if I perish, I perish. And Mordecai went away, and he did everything Esther had ordered him to do. All right, so uh, Esther, she she kind of she resigns herself and says, "Fine, okay, I will, I will try to do what is best for my people. Um, I will, I will try to think of a way to get to get through this. Um, you can see the wisdom um, and also her fear, um, but but she says, you know, it's it's worth it. Um, it. It is worth it for my people. It is worth it for for those who are innocent." Um, not innocent in the sense of never have sinned, but innocent in the sense of they don't need to be destroyed in a worldly sense. Um, And she's, she's going to go and she's going to do this, but then she calls and this is, this is one of those times where you're like, I wish the book of Esther would just say and pray. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Fasting, but but pray. Come on. on. (laughs) You're so close. Yeah. But, but it's just the fasting. Um, so I mean, I guess I would assume that with the fasting came prayer. Yeah, that's, but we're not that's told good, those yeah. things.
1: Yeah, we're that's a good assumption to make. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit doesn't have it written.
0: Yeah, because the Holy Spirit is <laughs> the 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 Holy Spirit's whole point in this is God is working behind the scenes. Um, and and then his his whole point in this is saying, dear Christian, when you forget to pray, the Lord's still working. Dear yeah. Christian, when you're so busy that um, you don't take the time out to say thank you or take the time out to say, he- Lord, help me, or or even take the time out to have a discussion about the Savior who, who is working through these things. The Lord is still working through these things.
1: Yeah, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with sighs that we can, yeah. you know, he understands. Yeah. Which is, it's a beautiful thing of what, did if Esther didn't pray, then the fact that she was fasting, you know, the, our God interprets that and says, I'm going to, work on, on your behalf if if it does mean that she was praying then it also means that god is working on our behalf so uh in all so wait,
0: of it you're saying god's working on our behalf
1: yeah yeah just because <laughs> that's who he is right that's, he's a covenant god who made a promise and he's gonna he's gonna rescue him rescue his people not because their 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 piety is on a certain level or that their piety has now reached a new level now god's gonna do a new action on their behalf it is always God working on their behalf because that's who he is.
0: Yeah. And so as we kind of come to the end here of of chapter three and four, we've still got more to go in Esther. Um, But as so beautifully was said, God is working on your behalf and God is continuing to share his son with you, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. And and so um, dear Christian, have an opportunity to share that and give thanks that when you forget, the Lord is still working.